Welcome back to Deconstructing Crypto, a podcast with me, Todd Fishman, and my colleague, Gene Ingolia. Hi, Gene. Hey, Todd. This is now our fifth episode. In recent weeks, we have seen a cross-agency intensification of efforts by U.S. authorities to limit digital asset markets and isolate those markets from the traditional banking system. With the breaking news today, those efforts are all the more acute with the reported liquidity problems around Silicon Valley Bank. Reported just now, reading from the Wall Street Journal, uh, today is March 10th, the FDIC has just taken control of the bank and its depositors. With this event in mind, let's try to recap some important developments in this area from the last three months. On September 7th, Signature, one of the most active banks serving crypto clients, announced its intent to have deposits ascribed to crypto clients. They drew down its crypto deposits from $23 billion at its peak to $10 billion and exited its stablecoin business. In addition, as mentioned on our prior episode on January 3rd, the Federal Reserve, the FDIC, and the OCC released a joint statement on the risk to banks engaging with crypto, not explicitly banning the bank's ability to hold crypto or deal with crypto clients, but strongly discouraging them from doing so on a safety and soundness basis. Then, on March 9th, Metropolitan Commercial Bank announced a total shutdown of its crypto asset-related vertical business. On January 27th, the Federal Reserve denied crypto bank Custodia's two-year application to become a member of the Federal Reserve System, again citing safety and soundness risks. On January 27th, the National Economic Council of the White House released a policy statement not explicitly banning banks from serving crypto clients, but strongly discouraging banks from transaction with crypto assets directly or maintaining exposure to crypto depositors. On February 2nd, the DOJ's fraud unit announced an investigation into Silvergate over their dealings with FDX and Alameda. Then, on February 16th, the SEC announced charges against Terraforma and its CEO, Doak Wong. By February 17th, reports began to emerge in the financial press that the SEC was gearing up to take regulatory action against Paxos, a company that issued the Binance USD BUSD stablecoin. Concerted SEC action could shake up the entire stablecoin market, now valued at approximately $130 billion. Then on March 8, 2023, one of the cryptocurrency industry's most prominent banks, Silvergate Capital, announced its intention to shut down and voluntarily liquidate following a mass exodus of high-profile clients. Gene, let me turn it over to you to talk about staking. Thanks, Todd. And that's a lot all within the few weeks it's been since our last episode. In addition to what Todd just talked about, on February 9th, 2023, the Securities and Exchange Commission targeted another digital asset market program, staking. And in a settlement of the SEC's charges, Kraken agreed to cease its crypto asset staking services and to pay $30 million in disgorgement. As set out in the SEC's complaint, staking concerns the proof-of-stake validation protocols that certain blockchains utilize. These protocols offer rewards to those who validate or confirm transactions on the blockchain. To become a validator and obtain such rewards, holders of crypto assets must first stake or commit crypto assets, and typically the native crypto asset on a particular blockchain. 
Validators are selected based on the size of their stake, among other factors, creating an incentive to stake or commit greater quantities of crypto assets. The protocols incentivize validators to add legitimate transactions to the blockchain because validators are rewarded if they do and could be penalized if they do not, including by having the staked crypto assets slashed or destroyed. As part of its staking program, Kraken advertised that participants could earn up to 21% returns annually. But under the SEC's analysis, the Kraken staking program is an investment contract and thus a regulated security. While the settlement itself has no actual precedential value, this raises real concerns about staking programs generally and what may come next from the SEC. That's all we have time for today. Stay tuned for our next episode in which we'll do a deep dive into one of the crypto insider trading cases and the defense's motion to dismiss the SEC's complaint in that case, SEC v. Wahi.